Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Spodcast. I am Ruth Skarn, and with me are co-hosts Mumbles. Hello. Josh. Oh, I'm here. Chris. Hello. And Alex. Hey. So, uh, let's talk about video games. <sighs> Hang on. That's, that's no good. Let me look through my list of podcast segues to talk about the same topic you talk about every week. Um, so, what's everyone's thoughts on political scan... Okay, no. Josh! Alex, what have you been playing lately? Uh, well, um, on stream a couple weeks ago. Was it a couple weeks ago? I don't even remember. It feels like it was forever was. ago. Maybe we're yeah, still in a loop. Um, that's Ooh. possible. Have you seen Nathan anywhere? Uh, we played this game called uh, The Infectious Madness of Dr. Decker. I think I got that right. Yep. And it's a... That's a hell of a title, actually. I, I like bombastic titles like that for video games. You know, just like Swing for the Fences. Well, it's an FMV game. They're even better. Uh, and it is a game where we play a psychologist who is also apparently a murder investigator. Uh, mm -hmm. And you're filling He's doing in like for... his own side investigation. Yeah, I that's guess. pretty common. Haven't you watched um, a TV show before, Josh? No. <laughs> um, and we're filling in for our predecessor, Dr. Decker, who was murdered, and interviewing all of his former patients. So it's it's kind of it's a it's an FMV interview game basically. It's a little bit her story esque because you can type in questions to ask to these characters and you try to piece together what's going on and get to the bottom of it while also in theory, you know, if you want to helping these people with their psychological problems. Yeah, you're doing like two things at once. You're trying to solve the mystery, but you're also trying to understand what's wrong with everybody. Which yeah. sounds really bad, like, from, like, a disabilities studies standpoint, where you're just like, oh, everyone has a problem, and it's your job to, like, figure out what their weird thing is. But it turns out, as you go along, that it's not just, like, a psychological sort of mental illness thing. It's kind of more sci-fi, supernatural. Or is it? Um, yeah, that's true. You never really... Well, but the interesting thing is that the murderer is different every time you play. So yeah. there's like several different ways that people, the actors like play their characters. And so you actually don't know who the murderer is or who's telling yeah, the truth so... and who's like potentially hallucinating or yeah, you don't know. That's yeah, interesting. Like, like the murderer is one of the patients and Dr. Decker was murdered. Like those are two important facts that are like, you know, always true with the game, but the rest of it is kind of randomized. Which one was the easiest to guess? What What do you mean? Oh, the, like, like quirky what thing? murder? What murderer was, the, like, obviously you're the murderer. What one was the easiest one to guess, like, out of all the other situations? Or did you only play it once? Well, well we, we only, only played, played it once because the game is actually, oh. like, it's, like, nine hours long. We did this what? in three it's stream a nine hour game. And they had a storyline for each fucking playthrough. That's crazy bananas. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, like, like the, the actual psychological afflictions are fixed, I think. 
um, yeah, for, yeah. for each character. But whether or not that character of like the, the six characters, the six main characters, whether or not each character was the murderer is different each time. That is so much work to put into a video game. It's like 16 gigabytes. There's a lot of video files in this game. They're like, and everybody's clothes change from each week. There's like, I think five weeks um, that you're, you're interviewing people. And like, so all their clothes change, which means all their idle animations had to be recorded again and everything. So you've got like a ton of video files in this game. And another cool thing I think about the game is that you uh, are kind of um, left with a lot of loose ends at the end, at least of our first, like, one playthrough. Like, yeah. I'm just thinking of, like, off the bat, the, um, there's one character who's, like, a grave digger, and he, at one point, no- makes a note that they found some sort of weird sea creature, like, in the burial site because it's also like a what is it moat and it's like an old church a and they Bailey. find this like it's yeah, a Mount church Bailey. built on an old castle but they find like this As they you. just make mention of this like weird sea creature that they find like the bones of like some sort of dinosaur thing and then it just never gets mentioned again but you can ask Yay. other characters about it but which leads me to believe that in other playthroughs that may be a thing that pops up a little bit yeah. more Oh, neato. There's you guys should play every different one. Oh, <laughs> that sounds oh, awful, man. but <laughs> sounds like a but, mean trick that I just but, came up you, with. But it's not. Should. But also, there's the different results of each of the characters because you could end up helping them or not helping them. So we got like good and bad endings for each character, even if they weren't the murderer. Wow. Oh my god, that's so much work to put into a video game. Seriously. Yeah. And there's character uh, and then, death. You can kill characters. You can and, oh, like, yeah, and there are these other side characters. Um, and like one, one of shot them, stories. Yeah, one shot stories that they only appear one like in one week and they don't show up again. Um, and one of them was the the cult leader's son guy from Contradiction, like. Paul Ryan or whatever or or Ryan yeah. Paul or whatever his name was not to be confused I, I don't with think the Paul Ryan is in this game. house um where it was and... it kind of the same like was he was he Randian though that's my question was the character uh, yeah, Randian a bit oh um, my well, god the character in this game the character in this game was it was really funny because like he started talking about how he's a physicist and I was like oh this is going quantum suicide and then it straight up referenced quantum <laughs> physics and quantum suicide and, and quantum gambling and whatever it was like oh okay I called this whole character so we encouraged him to uh, uh, he was running out of money um, and we encouraged him to uh, go in and do a bet um, uh, with it was a Russian roulette play. Russian roulette six times, and then he died on the first shot. Yeah. Because we were like, yeah, oh, you should do that. Again. Because he's like, I can predict everything, or whatever, if I tr- or think hard enough. Yeah. And then we're like, yeah, you should probably go ahead and meet up with those mobsters and like do the Russian roulette thing. And then he <laughs> immediately starts playing in front of us and then kills himself. And we're like, so, Didn't he disappear and there was just a gunshot and that was the end? Oh, yeah, God. it didn't show him actually, like, shooting and yeah. then pretending to get shot or anything but all i want in life 
like, all I want in life is to help write a terrible FMV game. Now, when I say terrible, I'm not saying oh my this God. is a terrible FMV game, but, like, you kind of need just some... You kind of need to just, like, pull out the stops when you're committing to full motion video. Yes. All I want in life is to act in an FMV game. <laughs> That's all I want. I'd be so good. <laughs> is this the future of spoiler warning? Is we just stop this and just make an FMV game? <laughs> <laughs> just a series of it. We'd be so good. <laughs> Exclusive podcast available only within the game. Where we're, like, reviewing the game that we're in and, like, saying it's actually not all that good. <laughs> and we just, just die horribly. Every single game is Camster just being kind of critical, but, like, reluctant about it. <laughs> okay, what's the plot? All right, so, in theory, this would be, like, webcams or something. Like, th this would pretty much have to be. <laughs> Like for because the, would, the members would be so spread like, far apart. Would it, would it be like a a fake like Twitch show with like face cams for the, the entire cast? Oh, that's it. We can make it spooky even like a Shit, like, yeah. oh, there's a ghost in our a found footage channel. Yeah. A found footage <laughs> streaming Shit. network. Oh, we did like a. What if we did like a satanic ritual on Twitch? And then, like, bad shit well, starts happening to us. Hey, what up, it's your boy! The game is gerbil, and, uh, I- six, So six, we six. found- <laughs> Subscribe to my vlog and Vine channel. Here we got this book I bought at the flea market. Dude, this thing's so fucked up. It's got, like, diagrams in it, so, uh, we're gonna- We're gonna summon demon satanic cult. Summon demon satanic cult on sex- Hey, hey, Capella, thank you for bracking! <laughs> yeah, it's like, hold on a second, I just gotta thank the subscriber for four months. I just wanna say thank you so much for letting me do what I can do. Okay, right, now back to this demonic book. Hail well. Satan! <laughs> <laughs> Alright, I got a donation for $6.66 from uh, Gideon, and the message is, I'm outside your door, your blood will paint my- <laughs> Oh, you guys. <laughs> I love you guys so oh, much. Oh my fucking god. <laughs> Hang on, uh, and, like, next yeah. video is just, got swatted by demons? <laughs> Gone sexual. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's what I we like do. I like how Chris just is, is completely silent about this whole topic. This That's would actually what we be do. dumb as fuck, to be totally I, I don't have an angle. Let's do it. <laughs> I don't have an angle. This is, this is like, I gotta We'll give you a gimmick. Hands. We'll find I, a gimmick I, for you. <laughs> I don't understand the streaming or the Twitches or the kids. I'm, I'm old. The, okay, so the, uh, the mechanic should be that the player is the moderator of the Twitch channel and they have to remove all of the evil-ass comments that are secretly, like, trying to cast, like, put together a spell. Like, it, it actually, this would actually really simulate real Twitch moderation where you're looking at comments and trying to figure out if they're, like, trying to slip, like like, dog whistles through, or if they're, like, trying to troll you by just, like, using coded language to drop dumb shit into your yeah, chat. Yeah, I was gonna say, this is not any different from real Twitch moderation, where you're just constantly worried about the demons. We, we could do it as, like, a, a Twitch moderator going back through the past broadcasts of a channel that some weird shit happened to, and you're trying to figure <gasps> out what's going on. Yeah. That's really more like um, her story, too, because you go through the footage, and then maybe, like, yeah. that was another thing that actually happened in Dr. Decker. There was, like, that little girl that randomly appeared in the background, and there were two jump scares. Oh, yeah. 
And oh, they were the yeah, worst there's, there's jump scares ever. You can, and there's this this uh, mechanic where you can uh, um, go and rewatch answers that had already been done. And uh, in the initial thing, there was like this guy was talking about how uh, um, his girlfriend died in a car accident and the guy who was driving the truck that hit them committed suicide and apparently had a daughter that also died in this so it was a murder suicide and all very sad and then the daughter appears as a jump scare on like in the side of the screen and then when we went back to rewatch it the daughter wasn't there i know it was so free oh. or when anything supernatural happened like that guy when he had the yeah. flame yeah, that was really or, cool. Or when he teleported and then his face got weird. Yeah, you should you should all yeah, play it, Dr. Decker. TLDR, play this game. It's neat. <laughs> I, I can't help but keep picturing Decker from the Adult Swim series, like Tim Heidecker. I know that's terrible, but... Well, anyway, that was, that was cool. Uh, anyway, in conclusion, FMV games are awesome. And people should be making more of them. I, I say that, but actually people have been making more of them, so keep doing that, I guess? It seems to be a thing in the UK. Like, this wasn't the same studio that did Contradiction, but they had some of the same actors involved, so... That was kind of what surprised me when I looked it up on Steam just a, a minute ago, was that uh, I, I really thought this was leading up to, it's like sort of the sequel, or not the sequel, but it, it's like the, the follow-up release from the Contradiction team <laughs> after they saw that Contradiction did okay. We we had a running uh, uh, headcanon thing we were doing where it turned out that, that we were just a jenks on an investigation pretending to be a psychologist. Anyway, uh, Mumbles, what have you been up to? Well, guys, it's time for me to finally pay my dues. I've spent, I think, maybe ten years not having to, and it's finally, it's finally happened. The new Kingdom Hearts game that's coming out <clears throat> includes a lot of fucking shit from the other games besides 1 and 2. And if you haven't played more than 1 and 2, you're not going to really understand what the fuck is going on in 3. And so, I've always been like, I'll get to those Kingdom Hearts games eventually. <laughs> uh -oh, I'll fucking no. play them at some day. And now that Kingdom Hearts 3 is looming on the horizon, I have realized that, like, A, I'm either going to have to struggle through a bunch of YouTube videos trying to explain to me very slowly, like, what the lore is of Kingdom Hearts, or, more likely, I'm going to have to play through them. Because I have tried, I have looked at diagrams, you guys, I have read Reddit posts, I have watched videos, I don't know what the fuck is going on in Kingdom Hearts. I have no idea, and I don't want to play Kingdom Hearts 3 and be like, what the, what? What is this? I was here because I wanted to see the Toy Story level, but what I got was a bunch of Organization 13 shit that I don't understand. So, that's where I'm at right now. I'm kind of in the same boat because start. I'm I love Kingdom Hearts 1 dearly and Kingdom Hearts 2 is pretty good too. And I'm not interested in any of the the Organization 13 stuff. I really was just Fuck sold no. on Kingdom Hearts cuz Final Fantasy X Disney. So, like and I've also had people try and explain um the like lore of Kingdom Hearts and how people's names are anagrams and stuff. And I don't care Ugh. for it one bit. 
I don't care for it one bit. And so I'm really nervous about Kingdom Hearts 3. What are we going to do, Alex? What the fuck are we going to do? We need, like, I don't know. I don't understand why no one can explain it. Because to me, it's like... like, Well, last night I was looking at a diagram and they had, like, here are all the evolutions of Sora. And I was like, cool. I like Pokemon, so this should be easy for me to understand. (laughs) Fucking nope. Okay. (laughs) No, dude. No. I just just googled Kingdom Hearts Explained and it turns out there's a single video that will solve all your problems. And it is only three hours and 15 minutes long. All right. Sam, I'm terrified. How much a better deal that is than playing the games, unless like you're really into the mechanics. It's like, oh man, a three hour video. At that point, I might as well pay 12 hours of the game. Oh, god damn it. Here's the thing I have played some of the mobile games. Like, I played the GBA one, I played the most recent uh, DS one. And I didn't know what the fuck was going on. Like, a lot of it, I was like, who the fuck is in this game? What's happening? And I know, from what I've seen of all the Kingdom Hearts 3 stuff, I know that's what's going to happen to me in the new game. And I know I'm going to spend the whole game going, what is happening? And I won't be able to enjoy it. I fucking loved 1 and 2. Like, Actually, 1 and 2 are some of the reasons why I got into, like, video games. Like, it made me love video games just because I liked the Disney and the Final Fantasy stuff. And it just worked really great. It has such great emotions to it. But, like, if I don't understand what's going on, I'm not going to enjoy it. And that sucks. Like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm so screwed. If I would have just played those games in the past... Fucking, even, like, the past, like, five years, if I had just been, like, every year I will play a Kingdom Hearts game, I would have been caught up, but I didn't do it. And I didn't do it, and now I'm paying the price. Is that even true, though? Because, like... to make it a franchise. (laughs) Like, I'm I'm looking at the... First of all, I I have to be careful, because I know that there are people that, like, get real angry when you make fun of Kingdom Hearts, because it's, like, their favorite franchise ever, and my intent is not just shit all over Kingdom Hearts, but at the same time, I'm looking at the list of games, and the order of games is not even the order in which they came out, and the the naming conventions and numbers don't even make sense. So I'm looking at the games in chronological order, according to this guide, and it starts with Kingdom Hearts X, then Kingdom Hearts X Black, or Back Cover, Kingdom Hearts Birth by Sleep, (laughs) Kingdom Hearts, so the, the fourth game in the franchise is the first game just for context. Then Kingdom Hearts Point Two Birth by Sleep, which is not to be confused with Kingdom Hearts Birth by Sleep, which are two separate things. <laughs> Kingdom Hearts 358-2 Days, which apparently begins at the end of Kingdom what? Hearts and then goes through Kingdom Hearts Chain of Memories. Uh, Kingdom Hearts Chain of Memories, <laughs> then Kingdom say, Hearts wait, 2. Wait, wait, wait. Did you just say 358 or 358? Kingdom Hearts 358-2 Days is the full name of one of these games. What? Wait, uh, wait, Mumbles, uh, what does that mean? I don't know! <laughs> <laughs> I want to know and I don't! I don't know any of this! Why couldn't the other games been Kingdom Hearts Pinball? Kingdom Hearts Carts? <laughs> Why? I, I, I do think there's a problem with the Kingdom Hearts franchise that I think Kingdom Hearts fans are a little 
reluctant to acknowledge, which is that most people are here for cute Disney meets Final Fantasy mechanics and Final Fantasy characters, and they tried to build a big, elaborate um, universe that tries to make sense but doesn't out of it, like, at all. I... There's like well, this point where you have to realize that Kingdom Hearts is okay. You're, it's okay to like Kingdom Hearts and also recognize that the writing is absolute garbage. <gasps> oh yeah. my god, Alex, why did uh, you say that uh, on the internet? No, no, no. Someone fucking cut that. Redscar, <laughs> cut that for her own safety. Like, <laughs> I don't, have nothing to don't do with cut the that editing. on the internet. <laughs> Somebody, <laughs> but who's actually going to defend it? Like in in all. Oh my god, tr- Alex! Th- there okay. are lots of people. <laughs> but like, but there is so many like, people. If there's so many people on the internet who get it and who will defend it to the death, and like, I don't want them Please to come at you. Please send to at Hamster <laughs> on Twitter.com. <laughs> yeah, that's Alex's new handle. Yeah, I switched. It had to be. I know, but like, can we can we actually have like, can we be real? It's oh my god, it's really dumb. The whole anagram thing and the shadow versions of things is just an excuse to like complicate an otherwise very simple and nice narrative about you know dreams and and worlds and friendship and you know like I don't know. No, I I agree. Agree, but I'm glad I'm not the one who said it. I mean, if I like, I mean, well, thanks hey, everybody for tuning me. in for the last episode me, of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I'm a reasonable person. I'd like to think. If you can explain to me all of the games in like two sentences, and it's make impossible. make it so make it so I can play Kingdom Hearts three. Fine. I mean, I can't think of another game franchise that does this. Like, if you dive right into Inquisition, Dark Souls. Who fucking even reads in Dark Souls? Who reads in Dark Souls? Fucked up, Lord. Nobody reads it. Nonsensical lore, but it it also doesn't like make you watch a twenty-minute cutscene where characters treat lore that you might not understand if you haven't played obscure titles. uh, You can play Dark Souls and not give a shit about the lore whereas like kingdom hearts it takes up like more than 50 percent of the story i'd say even like 70 percent now like i was playing through kingdom hearts 2 and i was like this is most of the story is fucking organization 13 shit so i just can't think of a game like i can't think of one game that does that even fucking like snake eater or like metal gear you you play Metal Gear, any of the Metal Gear games, and you can guess what's going on. You don't need to play the other ones. It helps, but you don't need to play them. Like, what I other do game feel does like this? Metal Gear has a pretty convoluted canon, it, though. Like, it does, Metal Gear but does, I can but... still play. I can still yeah, you play can still Metal enjoy Gear. An individual yeah. Metal Gear. And it also exactly. doesn't help like... that, like, Kingdom Hearts is spread across so many different platforms at this point. Like, Game Boy Advance, yes. DS, the other like the 3DS, the PlayStation, PlayStation, like it's it's nuts. I can't keep up even if you have all those systems. It also doesn't help that the series is sort of got that like weird animeism thing taken to the nth degree, where almost every other line is some sort of twee statement about 
about I'm going to do it or I'm, uh, you know, the darkness won't consume oh. me. But, but literally, like, when they say the darkness, they're not speaking metaphorically. They mean there's literally entities that will consume them. So, like, every other line is sort of a weird but reference to something that actually exists. Yes. <laughs> I like that part of it, Camster. I like how fucking, like, it's so sugary sweet that it's like, just ridiculous but i like it there's something so innocent about it and i think that's why i liked the first two games because it was like i'm just gonna be the best person i can for my friends i i'm gonna make sure i don't get eaten by the darkness like that stuff like it just takes you back to your childhood and like innocence and all that stuff i like that part of it honestly and I think that I, other people I, do too. You're also playing a fucking Disney game, so like you have no, to kind of give into that kind of stuff. I don't disagree. I, I like that stuff. What I was gonna say, I think, is is like the simplicity of the ideas being presented. This is a better way to phrase what I was trying to say. The simplicity of the ideas being presented clashes with the overly ornately uh, complex way in which they are presented. Yes. So very yes, simple absolutely. ideas about wanting to be good or a dreamer or a better person get phrased as this epic battle that has 13 different DLC packs on 37 different game platforms. It has sequels and prequels and and sometimes he's fighting a metaphor of his own inner corruption and sometimes he's fighting a metaphor for other people's depression and it really depends on the game but you gotta keep track of which version of the shadow people you're fighting because that changes what the metaphor is and it's like you're you're taking this really simplistic idea of I want to be the best and hang out with my friends yay and then Disney yay and then putting it against this like super hardcore, extreme, convoluted nonsense narrative. And that's, it just, it's the weirdest way to package this. You know what it reminds me of a little bit, actually? Very, very loosely, and this might start a tangent, but I just finished Celeste. It feels like a very similar concept, like a very, very simple story, but framed like, in that in that case, it's not so much a very complicated narrative, but very very hardcore game mechanics. But it's still this idea of like, yay, let's let's get over our problems and be the best we can be. But then clashing with this other like weirdly hardcore approach to the material. I don't know. Interesting. You know which game actually does that kind of idea really well is Bastion. I find a lot of similar similarities between Bastion and um, Kingdom Hearts. Not totally. Like, and it's it it's does it in a way that leans a little bit more to that like darkness like brooding sort of tone but it doesn't in a way where it's fairly ambiguous it's not heavily like structured in the way yeah. that kingdom hearts is yeah i love that you're and dealing actually, with like destroyed think, world um, what's that other game they made fucking transistor 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 kind of feels like what Kingdom Hearts wishes they were because Transistor, the whole point was you're going up against these like elite dudes and they are like way better than you and they all have their own issues. And like that's similar to what Kingdom Hearts was trying to do, at least in the second game. Holy shit. That's awesome. Not for Kingdom Hearts. Okay. So this this seems like a, a good opportunity to disclose something I'm mildly embarrassed about, because I actually see... Oh, boy. Every so often, people, like, make recommendations to me for video games, um, and one of the major things, and this makes total sense, because, like, I wrote a video game, and it was, like, 99% dialogue, and it was basically just, like, a 120,000-word script that, like, has video game mechanics in it, 
Uh, and people often recommend games to me saying stuff like, it has a really complex story, or like, it has a really deep lore. I And I actually, I, it sucks because I actually think I've reached the point where I don't want a deep lore. Like, even if it's good. <laughs> I feel you on that. I thought respect. you loved, like, Elder Scrolls, though. I thought you, I do, like, but I don't give a shit about the Elder Scrolls lore. Well, I feel oh. like... I thought people you are did. Always asking, I thought people you are always did. asking me Elder Scrolls no. questions, and I like I know stuff because I read books in Morrowind because it was kind of cool. But like in the new games, I see a lore book, and I'm just like, I don't care. Wow, I did not know that. That's I know. Funny. I, I mean, I'm like that, but like I just figured you're smarter than me, so like you don't want to read the book. I, I feel like I've been living a lie because I have not ever yeah. like directly challenged this. And but what what's actually happened a few times is I I did study the Elder Scrolls lore because I thought it would be funny during the spoiler warning season. And like I said, I picked some of it up playing Morrowind because the books were kind of interesting there. But like, here's the thing. All right, so I think stories are very interesting. I think that, like, oh, yeah. this person wants this, but he... Like, I think personal stories, and also just the stories of systems, are interesting. But lore as a concept, I detest. Like, in, in Mass Effect, I never once looked at the Codex on purpose. Because I, like, I, I didn't care. This stuff wasn't real. This stuff isn't actually happening in the game world, so why do I care but, about it? But... In Dragon Age, I have read a lot of that fucking lore because most of the lore are stories. Most of them are either like considered fairy tales in the game or fables or religious stories. And like that is interesting. So a lot of the Dragon Age lore is actually super good because it's like, here's this fun fable about, you know, Solus. Spoiler yeah. alert, it's fucking Solus. But like, <laughs> you know, like. That's cool, and you're like, hey, wait a second, I know that bald asshole. Like, that's <laughs> fun, so I don't know. That's neat. There's and some games that have good lore. Especially when it connects to, like, a character or, like, a, a scenario yeah. that's actually, like, affecting your party. Like, that, that's when, neat. Yeah, like, when when you're playing Inquis Inquisitor in Inquisition, you keep hearing about Andraste, and so it makes you want to read the lore about Andraste, because everyone is comparing you to her. And so you're like, what's her deal? I don't know. And then all of the lore is like really nice fairy tales, basically, about her, and religious stories, stuff that sounds like it could have come from like um, the Bible sometimes even. So I think that's cool. There's well, some games that have good lore. It is using the Bible as an inspiration. Um, yeah, yeah. So I talk a lot about this lore narrative stuff, mostly because like that was actually what a lot of my work was was um, narrative analysis in games in like my early academic career. And I think like one of the things that I always say is that a when you're playing a game, one of the last things you want to do is sit down and read a bunch of books. Especially right. if they don't Basically. like, because you're here to you're sitting down to play a game. You're not sitting down to read. And for me, where reading is my job, that's like, and so for Rutzker, maybe this is you too. Like, if you're a writer, like a reader, editor, things like that. Like, the last thing you want to do to chill out is read more, unless it's like, yeah, like it, it's built in. So like, you're you're talking mumbles about Dragon Age, and it connects, and you're motivated to engage with that material. But I think like the Mass Effect Codex is one of the most stupidest things because like it's pretty much here's like an encyclopedia. You can access it, but like you don't really need to use it. 
and it doesn't really encourage you to use it in any sort of way. And so, like, I have no desire to read and, like, learn a lore that doesn't connect to the world that I'm even engaging with in the gameplay. Totally. Yeah, Yeah, I, I think there's... A, like, I was going to bring that up, too. I think there's a distinction that should be made between, like, lore that is an ends in itself. It's just their backstory that doesn't connect to anything that's happening or anything you care about. And then lore that uh, reinforces the story and gives, like, context totally. to what's going on. And it, like, also, in Dragon Age, of... like, the... Uh, real quick, the um, lore is really short, too. I think that's really yeah. important. If Because the problem mm -hmm. with Skyrim and Elder Scrolls is it's a fucking book. And even if the actual text is only, like, 500 words long or something, like, you look at the book and you're like, fuck this. I'm not reading this book. <laughs> like, it's going in my pack. Does <laughs> it give yeah, me a perk? Fair, yeah. No, it's going in my pack. <laughs> so I think that's part of like, it. I feel like Pillars of Eternity did this did this a lot too where like the very start of that game where you do the character creation that takes like 30 minutes you get like <laughs> like you you can like pick male and female and like they have like a big bunch of flavor text about like um gender roles in various different societies and then you like go further and it asks like where you're from from this list of like fantasy uh I, nations I out. and it's like I completely checked and, like, out like most of it doesn't appear in the game at all, and it doesn't indicate, like, what is going to be important in the game or not. So the vast majority of that lore just goes, like, right over your head, unless you're really interested in reading about, like, fantasy history. And maybe they I learned from that, because Tyranny actually won a prize for me, because, like, the opening cutscene of Tyranny happened, and they basically, it's basically just like... It boils it down, cuts straight to the chase, and just throws these wacky proper nouns at you that are, like, understandable, like, oh, the tyrant, or, like, oh, the crazy god. And it's like, you instantly yeah. get what's going on, and you can just fill in the rest later. Like, that Aren't you also and making decisions that... in tyranny? Aren't yes. you in the first cutscene making decisions? That's a big yeah. part of it because you're technically playing a game. You're not reading. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. the 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 lore that is thrown at you it directly relates to stuff that's happening in that initial like board game choose your own adventure book kind of um starting like background establishing bit where you like it goes over what's going on immediately before the game starts and like what participation you had in the uh, campaign that was waged to conquer this area that you're going into. So, Chris, what were you going to say? I'm just going to say that um, I feel like just like narrative, plot, and story are three different things. Exposition, yeah. world building, and lore are three different things. Yes. And yeah. they That's all fair. can be done different ways and different qualities. And I don't know, it's... I feel like that's its own giant ball of doom, but I, I feel like it's an idea worth exploring at some point. Making a note. I, I do have a pet peeve, which uh, is specific. Um, I get instantly turned off these days. Any fantasy game, especially an RPG, which begins with, like, kind of a British-accented voice giving me a narration <laughs> of the last hundred years of history or so set to, like, <laughs> animated still images... Like, oh man, Redscar. 400 years ago, when the sky split and the bolt of thunder struck the great prophet. 
The armies yeah. of the, the formidable kingdom were scattered you're, by the five winds. Your, your uh, game I, opens with a prophet being struck by lightning? That actually sounds kind of badass. Yeah. What a yeah. dumbass. I've, I've actually, like, <laughs> he's been out of for a good prophet. <laughs> There's been prophets uh, that are dumber. He There's been prophets that are lightning. dumber. That is bad. <laughs> There are prophets that have been, like, run out of town by children, so I feel like being struck by lightning isn't as bad. <laughs> he meant to... His tombstone just said he meant to do that. <laughs> uh, I've actually... I have made a pact with myself that if, if, for whatever reason, I'm ever in the perspective... I'm ever in the position of needing to, like, write an intro cutscene for, like, a fantasy game that needs to establish lore ahead of time... That the way I'm gonna do it is just gonna be like a top-down like video of like a table at a like a tavern or something, and a clearly drunk adventurer is going to be trying yes. to like explain the history with like props like a tankard or just like, like a couple coins. History. Yeah, like his knife. He's just like using these as props, like smacking them together, oh, like that. moving them around on the table. I love that. And just like stops in the middle of a thing to burp and then collect. Yeah, but is it gonna be like he was saying? Is it going to be like Prince of Persia, where like once you're actually in the story and you die, he has to be like, "Well, no, no, it didn't happen like that." Let me let me remember. Oh no! Basically, like, basically, you're like talking to this guy in the tavern, and that's like your character. He's telling you and, about and the it, past. Yeah, yeah and it just like zooms out to so, like you staring at this guy from across the table, like, "Thanks for the <laughs> history lesson, but I already knew all of that." So, bye. I feel like the way you were suggesting it was what they were trying to do with Dragon Age 2, but they never really committed to it in a meaningful way, uh, aside from the very opening cutscene. Well, as the resident expert on Dragon Age 2, I feel like they they might have intended to do that, but they realized that having Varric do too much talking would be bad for that yeah. game. Like, you need to have Varric talk, and the thing about Varric is, like, he is so easy to listen to, whereas, like, I'm British, and here's the lore. Like, that's <laughs> really hard to listen to, but Varric's like, yeah... I knew the champion, and she was cool, and whatever, and I have chest hair, and you know, yada, yada, yada. Um, like, that's easier to listen to. So having him narrate it totally worked, and I think that they realized that, like, um, they just were weaving in hints that the actual game was his story, if that makes sense. And yeah. actually, I'm really interested in the novel that's coming out soon, written by quote-unquote Varric, because I'm very curious, like, if it twists stuff a little bit, um, and his, like, actual book telling of it is different from, like, the game. You know what I'm saying? Or if it's the same. I don't know. I'm interested. I feel like if you're going to do a novelization of Dragon Age 2 from an in-character perspective, like an in-universe in-character perspective, why would you tell the exact story of Dragon Age 2 over again? Well, my my well, the thing is, is Dragon Age 2 has a bunch of different, like, choices you can make. Yeah. Recently, I've been playing um, Inquisition, but on the PlayStation, it's on Nick's account, so I didn't want to set up a uh, Dragon Keep for it, so I was like, let's just go with the default world, because I'm very curious what Bioware thinks is the default world for Dragon Age, and <laughs> Isn't it apparently, like the most crap sack version. 
It kind of is. So it's male Hawk, who's a mage, who sided with the mages but killed Anders. It's pretty interesting. And I'm like, why did you pick those ones? Like, everyone likes Lady Hawk way more. Why would it be male Hawk? So anyway, but my point is, is that there are a lot of different choices you can make in Dragon Age 2. And the other thing is, if we assume that Dragon Age 2 is based off of Varric's telling of it and not the actual truth, um, is the novel going to sound different? Or is the assumption that Dragon Age 2 is based off of Varric's truth is false and the novel's going to have Varric's, like, storytelling of it? Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, which which is going to have... Are they going to be the same? Are they going to be different? So, I don't know. Maybe I'm thinking too much about it. Because <laughs> I love it, but who knows? <laughs> don't fear the me. Alright, Chris. Uh, what have you been up to? Chris? Alright, Rutskarn, what have you been up to? Sorry, sorry. I was on mute. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I oopsed. Um, what do we want to talk about? I have uh, Civilization Six Rise and Fall, Descenders, and Golf Story is sort of what I've been playing this week. Golf Story. Golf Story. We have a run um, Golf Story recently. Golf Story is a cute little game on the Switch that involves playing lots and lots of golf. It's basically... Um, a RPG uh, adventure game where you go around solving problems for people with the magic power of golfing instead of the magic power of beating up orcs or whatever. Um, <laughs> it's it's pretty adorable if you like golf games. If you like, you know, uh, the the games where you tap once to start the swing, tap again for power, and then tap again for accuracy. It's basically that as the combat mechanics of what is otherwise basically an RPG. Um, but it's not themed like a, a golf cart. I I, ha I don't know if there are golf ca cart mounts. That would be cool. Um, I I it's not framed like a a fantasy RPG. It's framed like a world where golfing is the only thing that matters. Um, like you wake up from your house and you go down the street, and every village you can visit for quests and stuff is itself a golf course. So there's like the caveman themed golf course and the desert golf course and the sort of rundown starter golf course that you start off at that's infested with moles and stuff. Um, and each little area has its own gimmick mechanics. Um, you know, the, the dinosaur ones have tar as a, as an obstacle course or as a hazard on the, on the field. Um, and like, uh, the dinosaur one also has like turtles in the water. So if you hit the ball into the water in certain areas, the turtles will bounce it off the water. Uh, whereas if you are in the first course with a bunch of the moles and you hit the ball next to the moles, the moles will carry your ball to a random position, which help or hurt you, depending. Um, it, it's, it's basically an RPG. It's, it's literally basically you, you go to strangers with, uh, text bubbles above their head and you, uh, say, Hey, you got anything to do? And they'll be like, yeah, I bet you can't do this. Or yeah, someone really <laughs> screwed up the links. Uh, you gotta, you gotta get these kids off the link by hitting them with golf club or get hitting them with golf balls. Um, yeah. <laughs> or there's like the rogue gang of disc golf players who think they're the shit. Yes. Like, no, I hate we're those guys. Disc golf people. <laughs> oh my God. I do love, I do love that they refer to, to like, what, how do they call it? Is it ball golf or whatever? The, the, they, they won't just yeah. call golf golf because it's, it's, it's not golf and then we're disc golf. It's we're disc golf and you're ball golf. We're like equal on the golf footing. It's, it's kind of adorable. Um, have you played it, Alex? Uh, yeah, a little bit. I really like what it do you too. Think? I think it's super charming. I, it reminds me of like, 
I don't know. This sounds weird, but I feel like this is a game I would have played on the Game Boy Color a long time ago. Like, very simple, Totally. but addicting sort of type of gameplay. Um, and, like, that's what, like, the Mario Golf games were always like to me, too. And the Mario Tennis games. Like, just a nice little fun, kind of casual game. And, um, yeah, like, it's got a lot of personality to it. And I think it was one of the more underlooked um, or overlooked games of, of last year. No, yeah, I'm, I'm having a lot of fun with it. I'm not that far, but what I really appreciate is that it's a, you don't get a lot of single player sports games these days. Um, that used to be a thing. Um, like way back in like the SNES days, you would be able to play Madden by yourself, which these days seems crazy, but, but it very much was a thing that you would just be able to like play these games against the AI and have fun. And now a lot of sports games lean towards local and online multiplayer. And it's nice to have a sports game. I mean, I guess golf games almost always were single player, but a story driven, content rich, single player sports game. And that's, that's nice. We don't get a lot of those. And I, I appreciate that. Yeah, but it's not also that kind of like those new games that are coming out where they have the main character going on. What's those, um, the football one where you're like a character, Oh, like the, the soccer one, I know what you're talking about. like those like Yeah. super high budget, like epic sports stories. It's like, no, this is just, it's sports. It doesn't have to always be epic. It can just be sometimes you learning how to play golf and beating people on the way. It is a little weird because much like other RPGs, you get money for beating people, which, you know, makes sense in a tournament context. But when somebody's like, I bet you can't, you know, hit it in this hole in, in three, uh, it, you know, under par, and then you do that, and then you get 10 bucks. It's like, you feel kind of like a, a, like a golf shark, I guess. Like you're just trying to exploit people for their money. It's a little weird. <laughs> that does sound unusual, yes. So I've uh, recently come to kind of a realization about me and Western games. Because I've noticed that I've been playing a lot of them lately, and in part that's because I've been running a Wild West tabletop game and kind of just been in the mood for it lately. But I'm also kind of realizing that for some reason... I've run into one of those not super common circumstances where just the game you want, nobody's ever actually made. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> yep. you, you sound like you have personal experience <laughs> with this phenomenon as well. I just, go. you do yours and I'll say mine, but I totally understand how you feel. <laughs> yeah. Because, like, for me, like, a lot of the best Westerns, like, so, okay, there's basically two kinds of Wild West game that exist. There's, like, a uh, first-person shooter with West, like, the themes, where, like, the, the guns kind of feel Western, but basically it's, like, you against 50 dudes uh, every level. Uh, and then there's, like, a couple, like, weird casual games or strategy games that have, like, Western themes to them as well. But, like, they don't make any Wild West games where you basically just don't want to get into a fight. And, like, if you do, it's kind of dangerous, but it's also, like, over really quickly. Like, where, you know, the sort of the combat highlight would be, like, sort of an hour of you and this dude kind of sort of, like, maneuvering around each other in this boom town until finally, like, one of you catches the other unawares and you draw down and it's just, like, over in, like, three bullets. I mean, Westerado I mean, had highly lethal combat. That's the thing! Westerado's the closest... But I want an FPS. Like, I, I want a first-person game. Yeah. And Westerado yeah. is is so goofy. 
Like it, 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 it is, it's, which is cool. I mean, that's fine, but like, also that's like not really on the target. It's like, th- there isn't a game that kind of allows you to experience from a, like a first person or from like a, a really like an emotional perspective, like a spaghetti western. Yeah, it's, it's like, it feels like the early 2000s in a way. Well, like, yeah, there'd be all these kinds of genres where people would like be, oh, we should make an X or a Y kind of game, and then it would turn out looking like a Quake mod. And then, like, at some point, people started, like, indie studios started actually cranking out, like, no, the game we really wanted, the game they should have been making all along. And it's like that hasn't caught up to this entire fairly broad American genre. And that that's that's a little odd. Have you ever played um, Mad Dog McCree? Yes. I haven't. It is one of my favorite light gun games ever. Yes. It is one of the only games I have for the 3DO. It's also live action, so you have a bunch of actors in it, and it takes place in a small, old-timey western town. It's way goofier than what you want, I think, but it's a really fun little game that I think you should try. I don't know if you... Can you play it on, like, Steam? Do you know? It's, um... They ported it to the Wii. Which is probably not very helpful. Yes. Because <laughs> we have but it on I do the Wii, I check think. It. Yeah. Yeah. Let me see. Hold on. Because I think you actually would really like it, Ratsgarn. Because it is goofy. But it's a it lot has, of fun. It, makes you f- it makes you feel like you're in like an old western town. And all of the actors in it are just amazing. And it's hard, though. <laughs> it's pretty hard. It's very hard. <laughs> <laughs> that does sound pretty rad, I have to admit. Because it's like one shot kill, isn't it? Close to it. Do you have yeah. a health bar? I think you can play it on remember. easy. On the Wii, I think you can play it on easy. But I think even on easy, it's like you get you get shot three times, that's that. And then when you die, it's like the the coroner guy, the doctor guy is like, Oh, well, you tried your best, buddy. <laughs> and he's like, literally like best. shoveling your grave and the camera's yeah. like seated in the grave and he's like Oh, try it again. If the town undertaker isn't a morbidly, casually, like, whimsical figure, is it even a western? (laughs) For some reason, I thought you were going to say obese, but go ahead. (laughs) Jeez. No one could be obese in the Old West, except for maybe the mayor. That's it. Everybody else barely had enough food. The railroad tycoon. It's got like it a says stogie. it's on the PlayStation. Do you have a PlayStation? Red That's Garden? much more helpful than the Wii. I have a PlayStation 4. Okay, <laughs> it might be on there. That might help. I don't know. They have it on Sega CD. <laughs> you just get a Sega CD, because those aren't hard to find. Ones that were, are working anyway. That was just like a Virtual Boy. I haven't uh, I spent the last once. fucking six months trying to find a fucking Sega City in fucking Colorado. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, that's another thing. But I agree. I really do want more Western games. I think it's time. I was really sad when I heard that um, Red Dead Redemption was just going to be another dude main character. Because I think um, people... It's... It's Rockstar, what it's, a surprise. I know, but the thing is, is like, okay, so there's two different, like, consciousness about Westerners. The first is, like, the movies 
the movie version of Westerners, which is like, oh, I'm I'm on a horse and I'm a man and I'm here to save women and beat up the bad guy. And then there's like actual history of the old Wild West, which is like how towns were established, the part that women played in the old west, how fucking tough a lot of the women were in the old west. Yeah. How many um Absolutely. minorities there were in the old west and how yeah, tough they like, were. Like half of cowboys were not white. Exactly. And I think that like the actual history of the old west is sometimes well I would say, yeah, more interesting than the Hollywood version. And so for me, I would really love a first-person Westerner, Western game that's kind of like trying to be closer to how it actually was back then, um, make the difficulty whatever. It, to me, the difficulty doesn't matter. It's more like the feeling of being in this town. And like, what if you want to run the general store? Like, what kind of conflicts would you have? Like... What about bandits fucking, like, stealing your shipment of flour so no one in the town can have bread that week or whatever? And so you need to go out and stop the bandits. Or, like, what if you run the brothel? Like, what do you do if one of your girls gets abused? Like, how do you proceed? Like, I think that stuff is really interesting, and no game has really touched on that yet. Yeah. Okay, so I, I wasn't going to tip my hand about this, um, but... I actually am making a... I, I have no idea when it will be done, but I am actually making a, a Wild West game for Twine. And, cool. and Mumble's actually hit on, like, some Oops. of what I'm trying to get at with it. <laughs> Are you Which seeking is the Boot Hill license? Uh, I am definitely not seeking the goddamn Boot Hill license. I'll be honest, uh, if, if you're... It, it's it's not a game that is very heavy on mechanics. Uh, it is it is a game that is heavy on uh, being a kind of creepy visual novel, sort of, except without the visual part. So it's a novel. Uh, I'm making a novel and calling it a video game. So except you're making a creepy you can, novel. You can make choices. There's a gameplay mechanic, but it's an abstract mechanic. It's not like a timing thing, or it's, it's like a mystery, sort of, that overarchs. But anyway. <sighs> the po point is, like... And yeah, what it, where it basically comes from is uh, getting interested in the Wild West and seeking sort of more, seeking less credulous uh, academic sources and discovering some kind of interesting thing about like the, like that you could discover through just like demographics, tax records, yeah. uh, court proceedings, and getting like a much different portrait of what things were you know like in this period than is necessarily portrayed, and also just you know not to go there but. Kind of realizing that, like, if a lot of this was portrayed accurately, you would have people accusing the game of, like, being overly progressive. Yeah. It's or, like, true. What? Yeah. It's really crazy how the Old West was super fucking progressive. Because it had to be. Like, the women had to be tough. Because you're living in a place where you could just get shot any day, at any time. You had most of the people living out there who... I mean, most of them came from Mexico or they were Native Americans. And so they were trying to adapt to all of a sudden this area being colonized. And so you have like things that are considered progressive now, but really it was just survival back then. So I don't know. I think it's so untapped. I feel like people just don't understand how interesting it was, you know? Right. Has anyone it's seen Godless? 
It's like a new mm-hmm. Netflix television show that focuses on like a lot of female characters and okay, kind of just the... like a few badass Western female characters. Maybe that this is fair. Out. Uh, I, I, I saw a tweet about it, which were somebody like uh, added up like all the lines of dialogue and discovered that like 70% of them were still male characters, despite the premise being like a town full of women. And it like that, that sort of like nudged me over into not oh, checking yeah, it out. Oh yeah, same. But... Same. Yeah. But if, if it's good, I don't know. Anyway, um, so that's that's kind of my thought on westerns, I guess. Retscarn for your yeah. for your game, um, does it take mostly? Does it mostly take place in the town, or do you like go out into the west, like it, do you go both? out into nature? Okay, so um, spoilers for the game, which will not come out soon. This is a back burner project while I have Patreon stuff and other stuff going on. But uh, the framing device of it is uh, basically like an anthology series where you you play a character who's like this like New York uh, like sort of spinster woman, and like her her sister's like dumbass kid shot somebody and fled to the Arizona territory. And like you're you're going to like bring him back so like the family can like regain its pride and not have just like this dumbass fugitive son running around. Uh and you're looking for him and in the process of doing that, like you experience like eight other characters' perspectives, uh and like kind of similar situations to what your son's going through. And also, it's it's um, kind of like a weird West game. Like it's not like in the sense that there's like a an overarching like mythos, but just in the sense that like it's 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 telling like ghost stories, like creepy shit happening. So um, the reason why I ask is when I was a kid, uh, like half of my my dad's side of the family, actually probably like all of my dad's side of the family, were really into like old West stuff. Um, So we would go to all these different, like, Old West, like, monuments and historical sites and stuff. And anyway, I remember asking this one lady at the this one place, like, what did it feel like to be out in the Wild West with, like, no civilization? And I don't know if you've ever done this before, but it might help. (laughs) You drive out into the middle of nowhere, you get out of your car, you walk about 10 feet away from your car, and you just stand there. And, like, that makes you feel like how people felt in the Old West. Because there's nothing. And if you do it at night, it's even better. Because all you can do is, like, hear bugs. That's it. And you're just alone. And it's freaky. So, I don't know if you ever want to try that for your game. But I would suggest it. I've done it before. And it's, like, it makes you feel like you're not... In the modern world anymore it makes you feel like you're you belong in some other dimension for like a second it's amazing that's actually okay that feeling you're describing <laughs> is actually kind of like part of the game that's actually very cool <laughs> yay <laughs> yeah then you get it you get it right well uh anyway but yeah i'll definitely try that <laughs> and then the game will come out in probably about 24 months uh and let me know I mean um, your gps coordinates <laughs> yeah let me know your gps <laughs> coordinates not for any specific i'm just gonna watch out for you from a hill with a gun but don't worry okay. about it it's gonna be fine i'm watching out for you <laughs> the authentic experience of being shot at by a crazy drunk woman <laughs> you have wronged in some way do you want to hear a fun story so my 
my dad grew up on a farm in Nevada, like out and away from everything out in the boonies. And so all they had to do for fun was light tumbleweeds on fire and play with guns. And so my dad, when he was a little kid, would shoot his BB gun at his sister's feet and go, dance, dance, lady, dance. And then he got in trouble. So <laughs> like you do. <laughs> This explains yeah. a lot about you. <laughs> I <actually>. know, right? <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> anyway, uh, that sounds like a show to me. See you guys next week. And remember, if you need to talk to Alex about how she's wrong about Kingdom Hearts, please <laughs> add her at Campster on Twitter.com. <laughs> Bring it. The funny thing about that is I imagine Camster having, like, honest conversations with people about <laughs> Kingdom Hearts. And they just walk away from it like, oh, okay. 